Father. Oh, Father, we give you thanks. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, with you we can do all things. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Praise God. Okay. Uh, yeah, um, we don't have children's church today, so um, the children would would participate in this process together. I'm going to try and make it. <laughs> but there's a table at the back that they, if they want to, they can use. Hallelujah. I look around this room and I'm amazed at what God does. I really, really, really am. I'm amazed at, I mean, it almost draws me, it almost brings me to tears. I've been watching and I've been listening right from when we were in the prayer room, right? Little things the Spirit of God brings to your heart. It just sort of like draws your attention to. Okay, we were in the, we were in the prayer room and I was slightly burdened. And I went to sit next to Carly because I sensed also that he was also carrying some stuff. And I just held his hands and my intention was to just to share solidarity with him. But as I held his hand, Carly held my hand and he began to pray for me. Right? And it's that dynamic that I wanted to point out. You see that when we, when we think that um, we are in a place where we need a breakthrough and we reach out to somebody else who's also within the context of God's body, right? God does an exchange that we cannot imagine. We, we, listen, if there's nothing else you get from this message this morning, get the sense that we're not victims. We're not, we're not beggars. We're not coming before the throne and saying, please, God, help me, help me. Oh, I'm not worthy. No, 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 no. If we walk out of this place today, we walk out with a sense of who we are, regardless. Regardless. I listened to a... Oh, I'm off my point already. I listened, to a, I listened to a book. Yes, good, right? I listened to a book that said, people prayed when Peter was put in prison. Remember? People prayed. The body of Christ prayed. And, and God moved, shook the foundations of that place, opened the gates, and Peter walked out free. Right? Remember that story? But what happened to James? James was killed, remember? That's when, that's when Peter was taken into custody. So what happened to James? Did they not pray for James? Why is it that it happened for Peter, but it didn't happen for James? But my question to us is, does it make one iota of a difference? We don't judge circumstances. We don't judge who we are or where we are on the basis of who we are or where we are. We judge it primarily on the basis of what God's purposes are. What is God wanting to do in his world? Hallelujah. I need us to know just how important we are to God. How valuable we are. How strategic we are. God hasn't just called us to 
play church or to play nicey-nicey. The very fact that we are connected, we say we are part of the body of Christ in heaven and earth. We are a part of the body of Christ. Say something magnificent, something significant, something that regardless of where we are in our life's journeys, we want to keep in focus. So we keep that blueprint, regardless of where we are, we keep that blueprint, that picture, almost like with Jesus, because of the cross, because of the vision that was set before him, us, he endured the cross. Hallelujah. So if I were to just stop right there and say, let's worship, that would have been it. That would, be, that would, that would have been it. If we grasp that, particularly preparing to walk into the year 2020. If we grasp that, if we get a shift in our hearts and in our minds and in our spirits about who we really are, <laughs> who we really are, hallelujah. <laughs> See? A couple of questions I'm going to ask in this little short space of time that I've gone, I want to focus our attention on God, not on ourselves. Okay? I remember last time I spoke, I spoke about it not being about you. Remember? Everything is about what God wants to do in this world. God started it. And He's the one who's going to finish it. What a privilege it is for us to join hands with Him in the work that He is doing regardless of where we are and who we think we are where's Robert Robert you hear me Robert you hear me Robert regardless of who we are or who we think we are <laughs> it's what God says that matters and accounts <laughs> hallelujah Why did God create us? God had a purpose. He had a vision for his world. What's God's dream? Remember, God started everything. He created the world, right? He created a garden and he created our forebears. But he had a purpose in mind. An embassy of heaven on earth. That was God's desire, right? As in heaven, so on earth. Let's keep our eyes on what God's purposes are because that purpose has not changed. Do you know that there are loads of us who are planning for this planet to collapse so that we can all get onto a spaceship and jettison out of here? Do you know that that's not scriptural? Do you know it's not scriptural? No, no. God doesn't start something, see it go kaput, and then say, oops, that didn't work. Sorry, I'm out of here. Now, if he did that with our world, how would we have any confidence that he can fix our lives? That if he's created us and it's gone bad, oops, sorry, let's start again. No, God doesn't do that. Remember the picture of the the potter and the clay. Do you remember that picture? What does he do? He 
puts it apart and starts again. That's what God does. God never gives up on us. Never gives up on us. And he never gives up on his world. And so we will not either. We identify with what God identifies with. Our God is a God of hope. A God who is who doesn't give up, who does not give up, who does not let up, who does not say it's done, it's finished. We have a God who says, no, I have said it and it will come to pass. So <laughs> already said in the beginning, I'm going to create man in my image and in my likeness. It didn't look like it, did it? Because mankind blew that up badly. Our forebears, blew that up so badly, didn't they? Right? Blew that up so badly. We listened to the wrong voices. We, whisp- we listened to the whispered lies of an enemy who hates us. This is what human beings don't realize. That we are in the context of a battle, of a war, not between you and me, but between an an anointed cherub with an overinflated ego and an inflated sense of his own being and who he is, who thought, I mean, imagine it, imagine the irony of the created wanting to become the creator, who does that? Who does that? Who does, yes, Satan, of course it's Satan. Who does that? The, the created, the anointed cherub who wants to take God's place. <sighs> so our battle is in that context, right? We listen to the wrong voices, then what do we get? We get the wrong results. Our forebears did not ask, stop to ask themselves the question, what is the authority of this being that speaks to question the authority of God over my life and to question his authority, to question that which he has spoken? What is his authority? Do you realize as I'm speaking to you right now, and this is the malaise that still pervades in God's church today. Ha! Part of the reason why we're still stuck in the morass that we're still stuck in today. You know what it is? Because we're listening to the wrong voices. And we're listening to the wrong voices, not only that, because we don't have a clear picture of who God is. If we don't have a clear picture of who God is, it is possible for anybody to come along and and deceive deceive us, blow us this way and blow us that way with every wind of doctrine. But God is constant. And it is very easy to, to perform the litmus test that which will clarify, that will say to us, yes, this is of God. No, this is not of God. Because it's attached to the character of God himself. Yes? It is attached to the character of God himself. Anything that does not speak of God's love and of his joy and his desire to bring wholeness and healing and restoration, that's not of God. Anything that, it's, that, that brags and, and, and tries to, to, to fight for position and that's trying to put the other down, that's constantly trying to divide, you know that's not of God. Right? 
It's not that difficult, to be honest. Are we even within our own hearts what God, God desires for us in this season as we are about to enter into the year 2020? It's for us to be clear in our hearts and our minds to once and for all. Do you know, that's why I mentioned James earlier, that even if it gets to the point where if I perish, I perish, right? Where we love not our lives unto death. That, it's, that our love for God is not conditional. It's not based on whether he blesses me or whether that bill was paid or wasn't paid or whether I live in that big house or don't live in that big house or whether I get married or don't get married or whether my kids do what I want them to do or don't. That is not based on how it makes me feel or how it makes me look in the, in the presence of my peers. But that ultimately, it's not about me but it's about what God wants to do in his world. It's important to keep that in view because we are a part of the solution. We're not a part of the problem regardless of where we are. Regardless of where we are. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. How did I get to this slide? I must have pressed. No, it's totally cool. I just, I just, see what I mean about slides? You know, they do things you didn't intend. Okay. So we have the fall. God's plan hasn't gone the way he wants it to go. All right? But he chooses a man and always that's what God will do. Because he's made a commitment. Made in my image and in my likeness. How difficult would it have been for God to step in, out of the heavens, onto the world and fix it? If he walked with them in the cool of the night or in the cool of the day, how difficult would it have been for God to come back in and say, right, that bit there, I don't like it. Edit, cut, restart. How difficult would it have been for him to do, to do that? But God doesn't do that. And that's what I like. That's why I said when he made that promise, we are going to create them in our image and our likeness. God didn't change his mind. So that was a journey we're now undertaking to fully embody what God meant in Genesis 1. We are all on that journey. And that journey was culminated in Christ. Isn't that amazing? That journey had its culmination, had its, had its arrival, its conclusion in the, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Robert, tell me. Do you hear what? Do you, do you hear? That's why it came. That's why this slide came. See, that's why this slide came. Because, and that was going to thank you for that, Robert, because I was going to touch on that. We all represent that light. And what we did as a body here with Shola represent, and that is, that is, is in fact, is anticipating the point I want to make. That as a body, because what happens to one happens to all. Whether we like it or not. Whether we believe it or not. Hallelujah. God uses a man, uses a woman, uses people who would, who would align themselves with his plans and his purposes. And out of that, we have the friendship with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, 
And then we have Israel, 430 years in Egypt, they come out a nation. This nation, what is their purpose in the context of, a, of, a, of the whole earth, in the, gra- in the, in the grasp of, a, of, of the dark forces whose sole desire is to ensure that humanity doesn't thrive and that God's project doesn't fly. That's their, that's their purpose. That, okay, you hold the heavens, the earth belongs to us. After all, I've taken it from Adam anyway, and we can do with it what we want. God says, not so. Not so. I'm sending somebody. I'm sending somebody. He's going to, he's, he's, you're, going to, you're going to bruise his heel, but he's going to crush your head. Whether you like it or not, the victory belongs to us regardless. Hallelujah. Israel comes out. They're supposed to be the light of the world. You know, Balaam suggests to Balak, you can't, you can't confront these guys head on. They have a covenant strong with their God. It's a strong covenant. You cannot come against. Do you not see how they discipline the gods of Egypt? Do you see how they spanked the gods of Egypt? You cannot come against them head on. What do we do? Introduce your women to them. Seduce them. And they will serve their gods. Once you serve your gods, their God has no choice but to separate himself from them. Isn't that what happened with Israel? Over and over and over again. Seduced by the dark powers, cycle of exile and return. Exile and return. Hello, are you here? It's why when we talk about our community, when we talk about our union with God, there are certain things that are not okay. They're not just about lists of do's and don'ts. People, please, let's stop playing church. It's not about don't smoke, don't don't eat this, don't eat, no, 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 you're missing the point. It's missing the point, right? Light doesn't mix with darkness, period. It is not, it's not a suggestion. It's a reality. There are certain things that just don't mix, right? Nitro and glycerine together, kaboom. The entire space is com- completely destroyed. There are certain things that don't work together. God is holy. Holy means that he's separate. He's entirely and utterly unique. I don't mean holy as in, oh, he doesn't, oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about a God who is, and his holiness is like vibrant. We talk about fire all throughout this year. About God being a consuming fire. And when people use that word, they use it in a, in a, in a way that threatens people. People feel afraid of God. No, no, don't think about it like that. Think about a consuming fire as eradicating darkness and sin and eating it up and purifying. Think about fire like that. A fire that brings, yes, that cleanses, that purifies, that heals, that brings out the real value of a thing. Don't think about God as a consuming, I will call down the consuming fire of God. No, please, that's not my God. That's not my Father. Would you want to embrace such a God? Would you want to come up to him and cuddle up to him? Would you want to sit on his lap? Would you want to put your ears to his lips to hear what he's got for his world? Would you want to do that? (sighs) 
Our God is a good God. He is, my Father is a good Father. He is a good Father. And I hate it when people give the impression that He is not. That He doesn't care. That He doesn't know where you are. Or that He doesn't know who we are. Israel waits for that promise. And Jesus comes. Is the, the Bible says that he's the, he's the image of the invisible God. If we didn't have Jesus, if we didn't read his stories, if we didn't hear what people said about him and the things that he said, God would have been distant to us. He would have been that terror on Mount Sinai, the one we can't approach for fear that we'll be struck dead because of his holiness and because of our own impurities. But Jesus came, right? God in human flesh. And instead of the God that the Israelites have come to know, the God whom you can't come close to, the one whose face you can't see, otherwise you die, that God now comes in the midst of sin and darkness and death and he reaches out and touches and instead of, being, instead of the holy things being contaminated, it's those thing, things that are purified, right? He touches the sick and they're healed. He touches the dead and they're, they're raised. The, the leprous are cleansed. Those who are broken and fractured within, like the woman at the well, they're healed of, of trauma, of relational trauma. An abuse and a, and a loss of identity. And God cares about all of that. He desires that we are whole, spirit, soul, and body. Hallelujah. So He's the image of the invisible God. Because we can see Him, we know God cares. That God really is who people say that He is. So that's when, when Philip asks Him, show us the Father, He's... Jesus is almost upset and I'm sure I've preached this before right what are you talking about if you've seen me you've seen the father what do you don't you get it I've been with you all this time Philip and you still don't know me he didn't say and you still don't know the father and you still don't know me whoever has seen me has seen the father how can you say show us the father do you know where I'm going before I run out of time is that I want to try and, and position us as members of the body of Christ to recognize that this phrase, this, this language, this statement applies to us also. And we should be able to say, what are you talking about? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. <laughs> Do you believe that? Do you believe that? No, I don't believe you believe that. No, I don't. No, you don't. Do you think I've been heretical? Do you think I've crossed the line? <laughs> Absolutely. You see, 
what God needs for us to recognize is particularly going to 2020, Pastor, Pastor Kelly and the leadership. We've spoken about this the entire year, right? That we are all ministers. We're all parts of the body of Christ. You see, the key there is that we are, we are parts, we are members of the body of who? Of who? Guys, come on. We are members of the body of who? Of Christ. So the experience of the head is the experience of the body, no? The experience of the head is the experience of the body, no? We don't have a decapitated Jesus in heaven and his decapitated body on earth, do we? No, so they're joined together. Where God's, Jesus' head is, the body is also, yes? That's why the scriptures can say we are seated with him in heavenly places, even though we're here on earth, right? I'm getting this look, so I'm not really sure what I'm reading. I really want us to get this because this is crucial. Because that way, we will no longer be asking ourselves the questions that we are asking because we will know who we are, not who you are. Because the danger is in, we spend so much time wondering, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Right? Right? The malaise of this current generation is, who am I? Even though it's not a new question. They're not new questions we ask. Who am I? Who am I? What's my purpose? Why am I here? Where am I going when I die? Who am I? Emphasis and focus is on me. Who am I? Right? And that's where the problems arise. Not to say that it's a bad thing to not know who we are. But we have to recognize that our identity is tied not to just who we are. You remember what Jesus, Jesus said about the Pharisees? He said, you have your father, the devil. So somebody's, everybody's got to be, everybody's going to serve somebody, right? You're somebody's, you're somebody's child. You're either the child of the devil or you're the child of, of God. There's no in-between. I'm so sorry. I didn't say that. That's what the Bible says. Right? So it's, 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 if you don't believe, that's, a, that's fine. I accept that. But for us, ha, as members of the body of Christ, we don't have that option. We have to choose who we serve. It's what the scripture says in the Old Testament. Choose you this day who you will serve. Even when they were coming out of Egypt, they had a mixed multitude. Some came for all kinds of different agendas and different reasons. Fix your agenda. Is what I'm saying. Align yourself with where it matters. Don't deceive yourself. Let's not deceive ourselves. It's better for somebody who knows that they don't believe to go fully that way. Go for it. If you do believe, then go for it fully. There is no in-between place. You can't straddle those spaces. It's impossible. The devil will wipe you out. He will mop the floor with you. Choose your place. Hallelujah. Am I being harsh? Oh my days, Jesus. I didn't I didn't mean to be. Oh gosh, I did I thought I was being gentle. I'm so sorry. Yes. Oh, Father in heaven. No, I, I, I mean, listen, his yoke is easy and his burden is light, right? 
none of this stuff we're supposed to do in our own strength anyway, right? And that's kind of like the, one of the points I wanted to make. We don't do this in our own strength. Jesus is the light of the world, he said. Whoever follows me will not, never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. It's all about Jesus. It's all about him. Our lives, it's all about him. Our moving, our waking, our sleeping, it's about him. In him, we live and move and have our being. Okay? He's the vine and we are the branches. It's not about you. And as soon as we take the focus of ourselves, we you suddenly feel that a light is gone, a burden is gone off our shoulders. We can breathe easy. Oh gosh, thank God for that. We can stop pretending. We can stop playing games. We can stop puffing and forming, as my kids would say. You're forming, you're pretending, trying to present a front. All that can go. And we can truly identify where we are in the journey. Because the Bible says that we should, we should examine ourselves to see whether we're in the faith. Ex- only you can do that. Only you knows that. Only you knows that. Oh, actually, only you and God know that. In fact, God knows that even far better than you know that. Right? Hallelujah. You are the light of the world. That's God's purpose. And that echoes Genesis 1. That's why I was saying to you that his purpose from the beginning has not changed. Jesus said that right at the beginning. Before even there was any revelation that we have from Paul right now about what that means for us to be in Christ. For us to have eternal life. They didn't know. Nobody understood what he was talking about. But at that point in time, Jesus was saying, look at Matthew 5. It's the beginning of the, the beginning of Matthew, not even at the end of Matthew. He's saying, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. And they must have been looking at him and thinking, what on earth are you talking about? And there are loads of us who are sitting in this place right now who would hear some of the things God has said about us and we will have the same mentality. What are, we, what are you talking about? That can't apply to me. I'm the light of the world. I'm the salt of the earth. That I'm an image bearer. That everywhere I go, the kingdom of God goes with me. That I open up portals wherever I step. That God, that God reaches through my hands and touches people and changes lives. That God can do that through me. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? That's what Jesus said. You are the light of the world. Ephesians 5.1 Be imitators of God. Therefore, as beloved children. Who is a beloved child in this place? Okay, some of you may not believe you are beloved. But who is a child? Who's a child in this place? Yeah, but if you're a beloved child, then the scripture says, imitate God. Doesn't that sound outrageous? Doesn't that sound outrageous? Who, where are you going to go say? That's why they almost stoned Jesus. Right? Because as they said, he was, he was making himself equal with God. And what would they say about us? Be imitators of God like their children. Imitate God. Imitate God. It's what the scripture says. I didn't say that. It's what the scripture says, right? This is part of another scripture in Philippians 2.15. So that you may be blameless and pure. Children of God without fault. Children of God without fault. Do you know that that's possible? I know you don't believe it. Oftentimes I don't believe it too. But that's what the scripture says. And the the scripture doesn't lie. 
Now, the only reason why you would, you, would, you would think it's impossible is because you're looking to your own resources. You're looking again to yourself. You think it's about you. Remember, it's Christ who works in us. It's the Spirit of God working in us, both to will and to do of who? Of God's good pleasure. Right? It's not about you. As soon as we shift focus, everything else, I expect that when I step out, every day when I get out of bed, that I'm going to be more loving towards my wife, that I'm going to learn what that means. That means I'm going to be less harsh towards my children, regardless of the pressures that come upon me. So I'm going to practice. I'm going to imitate. I'm, but you didn't say, oh, you, you get it instantly. It's not, it's not a magic wand. No, no, imitate. So we practice about, we practice being God. What's God like? We, we read it from scripture and we practice it. That's what God expects. And he energizes that process. Do you know who you are? It's important to ask you that question and for you to reflect on it. Because if you don't know who you are, and I have to say, in Christ, actually, is what completes that statement. To ask you, do you know who you are is redundant. If you are born again, if you are his child, do you know who you are in Christ is more accurate. Because that's where your identity lies. Once and for all, whether you're fatherless, motherless, childless, abused, uh, 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 whether, I, I don't know, you come from a bad background, good background, all of that is irrelevant before God. Makes, makes no difference to Him. Once you pass through the blood, makes no difference to Him. Of course, you enjoy the privileges and the consequences of your past, and we have to walk through all of that, of course. But it makes really no difference. As far as God is concerned... And we have to believe that. Otherwise, we will always be hooked into the past. We will not be able to break free and step into that new reality that God has called us into and that God has called for us. And I'm speaking to myself. I'm preaching to myself. Hallelujah. Okay. That God's image bearers. That hasn't changed. That which you said in the beginning is still the same. And that's where I'm going. That I don't want our focus primarily to be on what can God do for me. And Pastor Kelly has mentioned, and I've heard people talk over and over in this place, enough, we're spiritually obese. And it's true, it's true, right? We're spiritually obese. We eat and eat, we take, we take, we take, we take, right? And God wants, now I'm so sorry, you guys don't look happy with me. I'm sorry, I'm really sorry. Maybe Pastor Kelly will pray for you, but as far as I'm concerned now, I just, I just deliver my, what the Lord, Lord's laid on my heart and, 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 and leave. Yeah. We don't, God doesn't want us to be spiritually obese. We are, in a, are particularly moving into 2020, and some of you are already doing it. I'm not, I, I don't want to give the impression that, you know, that we're all just here. No, 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 I know, I mean, Graham just spoke about Kobina. I know there are people in this place who are doing all kinds of stuff that even if I had to think about it, it would bring tears to my eyes. Already starting to. I know you're doing stuff. And you're doing stuff, some of you, without even being aware that what you're doing is in the fulfillment of that call and that calling. 
And, and, and it, it makes God so proud of you guys. So proud. So proud. The work's going on in the prisons, on the streets, with our children, our grandchildren, with the people we support, in the community, just being light in darkness. Amazing stuff. For some of us, just standing there, year after year, regardless of the obstacles and the stuff that assail us, just standing, having done all, to stand. You think God discounts that? You think God doesn't see? You think he doesn't care? You think he doesn't note? You think he doesn't weep with those who weep or rejoice with those who rejoice? You think he just says these things? You think he wasn't there when they were praying for Shola? His arms around her, weeping over her, speaking over her, responding and replying and fueling the flames that he said is put upon our heads that were going to touch our lips as we prayed for, for her. Living in God, love has brought us to its full expression. By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment because all that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. Isn't that amazing? You see, the day of judgment, when people say the day of judgment, people think of an angry God with a massive, you know, with, you know ready to you go to hell, you go to heaven. <laughs> you didn't do what I wanted to do. You go to, no, no, please. Guys, please. Let's get rid of centuries of this heresy against our father. What sort of God is that? What sort of father is that? It's not my father. It's not my God. No, judgment. Yeah, it's when you weigh something in the, you weigh it in the scales. You, you check it. You've, you, you, you weigh it. You examine it. Does it, does it, does it suit? Has, has, it, does it, has it achieved its purpose? And if it hasn't, it goes straight back to, to, to the clay and it, and it gets done again. That's, that's, the hope, that's the point. That's the idea. However, the sense of judgment does apply for people who are not allied with him, who are not aligned with him. That's why it says in Matthew 11, those who come, I've done this in your, in your, in your, in your name. I heal the sick. I, I raise the dead in your name. And he says, I depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Why? I don't know you. It's about relationships, people. It's not about just the function. It's not about, it's not about that. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Are you with me? Alright, I'm just going to close. There's a lot to say. You can read this. God's project, ultimately, fullness of time, He wants to gather all things into one. And that's why when, when we go on and on about what holds us together, what brings us together, what, what holds us together, what we will do is we will defend our unity to the death. Are you with me? Listen to me. If you don't get anything out of this, we will defend our unity to the death. We will watch each other's backs. We will not be those who will speak bad against one another. We won't contribute to the gossip and the malice. We will not allow bitterness and frustrations to divide us. Because that's where God's power lies. His love is where His power flows through. 
Hallelujah. Thank you. This is, you see this image here? I reached out to, uh, I reached out to um, Stefan yesterday and I wanted him to put something like this together at the last minute. At first I thought he said yes and I was shocked when, he, when I thought he said yes because I thought you've got to be crazy if you, if, you, if, you, if you listen to what I've got to say. And then he came and said, so, so what do you want? Then I knew that, okay, no, that's, it wasn't going to happen. I said, what? Well, this is kind of like the idea that I was trying to get. This sense of the body of Christ. And he's the head and we are the body. And it's important that we kind of like get graphical illustrations to, to understand con- spiritual conceptual things because otherwise it's abstracted. But when you turn around and you look at the people next to you, that, that's why God, God is jealous over his body. That what affects one affects the other. It doesn't matter where you are on your journey. That we have to watch each other's backs. We have to be kind to one another. That we have to recognize even as I speak to you that I'm speaking to somebody who is made in God's image. Do you understand what I'm saying? That when you're speaking to somebody, you have to be careful how we speak to them. You're speaking to somebody who's crafted in God's image. And and God is looking through that person towards you. He said, if you do this to the least of these, you've done it unto me. Isn't that what he said? So when we look at each other, the the way we deal with each other, particularly the vulnerable amongst us or those who don't seem to fit the bill, the ones who, 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 who are ugly and who, who don't sound the way we sound, right? The way we relate to them reveals really God's heart. Hallelujah. Okay. <sighs> the kings and priests, and I'm going to finish on that. I think the idea is, and this is where I wanted to come to. Jesus became the new Israel. Do you understand? Jesus became the new Israel. He became the new temple. Do you, you understand? Hello? Are you with me? Just follow me, just for one more second. Jesus became the embodiment of the new Israel. He became, he, became, he became the temple. He said, destroy this temple. In three days, I'll raise it again. So he became the embodiment of the temple. And of course, he can do that. He can be that. Because as God, he can be all things to all men. Right? Now, because of him, we also... Are the, we're, the, we're, the, we're the image bearers to the world. Make sense? We're the image bearers. That's why God doesn't have all the other gods. They have idols that reflect who their God is. The idol, in quote, for God is humanity. Right? We are made in His image. We image Him to the world. And as believers, that is our primary and sole vocation. We don't serve idols. We don't serve the dark powers. We don't ally ourselves with the dark powers. We've got nothing to do with the works of darkness. That's what scripture says to us. And how can we? How can we? He said, John says, I want John says, you know, you, if you, you can't say you love God if you hate your brother. It's antithetical. It's, it's impossible. It's a paradox. Right? Hallelujah. So we're image bearers. Our convocation, our, our, our vocation is kings and priests. What is allowed in heaven, we allow on earth. Just like we did with Shola. What is disallowed, we disallow. That's our place. But we do it as a body. We don't do it as individuals. We do it as a body. And that is what we are going to, that's what we're going to practice next year. 
as we focus on God's word to see how, how that manifests. You know, we, we're talking about the word of God, of concentrating on the word of God. You know who we're really talking about? We're talking about Christ. We're talking about the word of God. We're talking really about the expression of Christ. That's really what we're talking about, right? Hallelujah. All right, I'm going to stop there. Let's, why don't we rise to our feet? Let's just put our hands on our heart and let's just say Father no no come on let's say this with conviction let's say it with conviction we've got fire on our tongues now our words we, we speak as the oracles of God that which we speak manifests so let's speak it with conviction say Father in the name of Jesus I accept my vocation as a king and a priest as a royal priesthood not only within your church but also within your world every everything that stands in the way of me fulfilling my job of me fulfilling my vocation remove from me in the name of Jesus Open the eyes of my understanding. Let me see things the way you do. In the name of Jesus. Work your life in me. Work your life through me. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You may have been a Christian for a long time, or you may be exploring the possibilities of a relationship with God. Wherever you are in your journey of life, please feel free to contact us at Woolwich Community Church if you would like any further information on today's message. We will be happy to talk with you, pray with you, and help you in any way we can. Please see the information below in our bio on how to get in touch with us. Have a blessed week. And God bless.